0: John chapter 8, you stand with me, let's honor God's word. Uh, we make a couple announcements. Um, would you pray about helping, serving in the nursery? Um, please seek Carrie, And also we need, um, if, if you feel called... And you're committed to helping with ushers. We just are in serious times and we need ushers that want and desire to serve God, full of faith and full of wisdom, full of the Holy Ghost. God uses these ushers in great ways right now. and um, Please see Brother Marcus or myself and we're going to have a, another meeting very soon. So if you could help serve in that capacity, we sure would love to have you serve there. And um, just please see one of us. John chapter 8. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and he taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst... They said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. Somebody say in the very act. Religious people don't play games. They come to humiliate and belittle. And I want you to just to get this picture in your mind that I believe that in the very act, and let me tell you, religion is so brutal that if they caught her in the very act, I can assure you that they did not give her time to put her clothes on. So they put her, the scripture right before that says, and they had set her in the very midst. Is that what it says? And so from the bedroom to being belittled, not a stitch of clothes on and all of her sin and shame and nakedness. They probably drug her kicking and screaming saying, what are you doing to me? And her and all of her shame, they made her sit right in front of all the religious people. Not a stitch of clothes on, just bare, shame and guilty, wounded. What do these people think of me? These religious people pulled me right out of the bed and drugged me right in front of all these people to shame me. And here she sat. She's helpless. She's hopeless. But religion does not care. Religion does not care. Religion can't stand the grace of God. Let me say that. Religion can't stand the grace of God And religious people will kick and scream at everything that is spoken of grace. They'll call it greasy. They'll call it cheap. That's because they know nothing about it. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? I just happened to write in my Bible right after that, Uh uh-oh. They just messed up. They should have never asked Jesus this question. Amen. Amen. This they said, tempting him, that they might find him to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her and again she stooped again he stooped down and he wrote on the ground and they, they and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience <laughs> by their own conscience amen so even religious people know what they're doing <laughs> even religious people know what they're doing amen they were convicted by their own conscience and they went out one by one beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn you, but come to save you. I didn't come this morning to condemn you, but I come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. I'm nobody, but I did come to proclaim the word of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I didn't want to preach this. I don't, and I don't even know how I'm going to preach it, but he does. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, you know. You, alone, you and you alone know. God, I need favor. I need anointing. I need grace. I need authority and power, Lord, to walk in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I just ask you, Lord, to anoint this word today. Anoint every ear, every heart to hear and receive what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. I panicked and I ran back to the house to get an old notebook and I was just in turmoil. So this thought has just been within me since Wednesday night. And God dealt deep Wednesday night and sorry that I preached an hour and 50 minutes. I had no idea that I did. Amen. I had no idea. I said, so I just thought all week. I said, well, it's your fault. You just made it so easy to preach. Amen. On Wednesday night, you just kept making it easier and easier and easier. I told y'all I'd stop, and you said, keep going, so, amen. amen. Brother David said he could have watched three messages in that time. No, I'm kidding. He said, I went to watch yours, and he said, I realized it was two hours long. He said, I had to take a break halfway, and so, uh, amen. It was Brother Monty's fault. He he shouted me on, didn't you? He said, it's just Wednesday night, Amen. amen. No, thank you for just being here Wednesday nights, and My God, God is doing a deep work, amen. He's just going deeper and deeper. And I said this Wednesday night, um, I called to really just seek some guidance after I ministered. I mean, before I ministered on Wednesday night, and Brother Owen said, you have to minister there. He said, because it's where God has your church. And he went on to say a great compliment. He said, I don't know anywhere that I've preached that God is going as deep as he is. And I remember it brought me back to a message that Brother Trevor preached here. It's time to go deeper because if any place in the river your feet are touching, then you're not let go of full control of the river. And so God is doing that. And so this morning I just, I kind of titled this, but there's really not a title because this really isn't true, but it is the truth. The Secret Side of Salvation. Now, there's really not a secret side of salvation. There's really not. But we make it one. Now, the Lord don't. And the Lord's going to expose all things and bring it out in the open. But it's the church that keeps a secret side of salvation. It's us that keep a secret side to our salvation. Amen? We do that. I said we do that. But in the Lord's eye, there is no secret side. But we've been taught to keep secrets. We've been taught to hide. And so here is this woman bare. Here is this woman laid in shame. Here is this woman that has been drug right from the bedroom and set right in the middle of all of these religious people. And here she is just shamed. And here's these religious people. And these religious people are saying, but Moses says to stone such a one. Moses said she is deserving to be stoned. And so what were they doing? Not only were they wanting to see her killed, but they were trying to trap Jesus. You see, many of us try to trap Jesus to see what we can get away with. Many of us press issues with Jesus to see how far we can press something. And many times we'll try to use agendas of religion to do that. Many religious people will use religious things and religious rhetoric to try to justify our actions and behaviors of why we do what we do. That's what many of us do. But there is a secret side. And so I wonder whenever Jesus saw this woman, did Jesus say, oh my God, look at her. It don't say any of that. But immediately Jesus was drawn to her. Not in her flesh, but in her weakness and her wounds. Jesus didn't look at that woman. In any sexual temptation or attraction come to him. Do you know what attracted Jesus to her? Was that these religious folks just drug her and all of her shame and all of her nakedness, right out of the bed and drug her and set her right in the middle of all of these religious people. And Jesus said, oh, he said, I'm about to step in. He said, I'm about to step in and I'm about to deal with these people. And so Jesus already knew. Let me tell you, Jesus knows everything. And so whenever they begin to question Jesus, and Jesus stooped down, and and he began to write in the sand. Here's what I'll just begin to wonder as Jesus wrote down. I wonder if he wrote, where's the man? I wonder if he wrote, where's the man? Because how many people does it take for somebody to be in adultery? Two people. But only one was brought. Only one was brought to be sat in the middle. And so I wondered that not only the first time, but I wondered the second time if Jesus wrote again, well, where's the man? You see, they didn't mention anything about him. You know why? Because I believe that the man that was in the bed with the woman that they shamed and exposed was probably one of the religious Pharisees that they said to him, get up and put your clothes on. Uh, get up and put your clothes on and as a matter of fact, when you get your clothes on, then come with a stone in your hand because we're fixing to do away with her. That is reality. And so many of us live like the man. Many of us live like the man. We want to expose somebody else's sin But many of us in the church are the man. You think you're the man. Look at me. I'm the man. Many of us have a secret side to our salvation. We don't want to expose everything. Why not? And so what do we do? We dress things up, Marty. We pretty things up. We don't, yeah, we're very fake about things. And we have a secret side to our salvation. But I can tell you, I believe this morning Jesus is writing in the sand and he is saying, Where's the man? Where's the real side of you? Where's the real side of us? Are we not seeing a great move of God because we're ashamed and afraid and we're hiding? We don't want to completely be honest and we wonder why we're afraid of the grace of God because it's easier to try to dress things up and act like everything is all right than it is to sit in the middle of religious people and be shamed and ridiculed and put down and beat down. Isn't it a whole lot easier to dress up and act like everything's all right? That's what we do all the time. We're all good liars. I said, we're all good liars. Now, I hadn't grown up in church a lot. <laughs> I haven't. From a jail cell to a program to pastor. And I don't know how that happened, but it did. <laughs> Amen. But I can tell you one thing it's easy for me to put a smile on my face and you not know what's really going on with me. It's so many of us under the sound of my voice, and even those that are watching, you have a secret side to your salvation. You have the man that's hidden. You have a man that's pretty things up, but yet you're okay with exposing some things. You're okay with exposing your wife or your husband, but you're not (laughs) on. We want to expose everybody else. We want to shame everybody else, but we really don't want to deal with a man. We don't want to deal with that part of the problem, do we? Because we get afraid. We were taught to hide. Genesis chapter 3, were we not taught to hide? From the very beginning of time. What do we hide from? The presence of God. You're not hiding from the call of God. Let me tell you, you're not hiding from even your wickedness. You're hiding from the presence of God because we know in the presence of God, God is going to expose our wickedness. You cannot go into the presence of a holy God and not see yourself for who you really are. But what should that do to us? You know why people won't come to the house of God? Because they don't want their sins exposed. And so it's a whole lot easier just to tune in on your couch, on your television, and watch it from there. Because you know there, there's not going to be the same conviction as there is here. And you know there, people's not going to hold your feet to the fire. Amen. So it's a whole lot easier just wear your PJs. There's no accountability. There's nobody to push you to the things of God. And so we're taught to hide. What are we hiding from? The presence of God. I promise you, you may have heard them songs on the Internet, but you're not going to feel what I felt this morning in the house of God. Amen? I said we hide, and we're good at hiding, and we can justify being the man. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. The Hebrew word for that word hid there means to withdraw, to hide oneself, to draw back, to thicken, or to harden. There's a lot of church folks in church that their heart has become thick and hard, and you sit there and you hide behind it in all of your little religion. When the presence of God desires to soften our heart and melt our heart where there's nothing left to be exposed. But let let me tell you something. If we could all get to the place where I don't care if you see who I am. I really don't care what you think about me. You didn't save me to begin with. You didn't call me to begin with. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. There's nothing good in Jericho, nothing good. So say what you have to say. You're right. Devil, say what you have to say, everything you have to say. You're right, devil. I am unworthy. I am no good. I have made mistakes. I have been the man. I'm tired of being the man. I'm ready to be the woman. And if I got to be exposed and drugged out of the places I've been called, then my God, because there's only one that ended up standing in the face of Jesus and Jesus on behalf of that woman and looked at the religious ones and they dropped their stones and walked away. I didn't see where the man was before Christ, but I did see where the woman was hallelujah so what about your man what about your man where's he hiding what's he hiding do <laughs> you think you can really hide from God <laughs> where art thou where you at Adam where you at Eve where you at some of you so on edge you're trying to hide behind fig leaves and you're miserable you're sick and tired of playing the hide-and-seek game. You just truly want all of God. You're tired of dressing up pretty and up. You know you are. Michael Scott, you're tired of hiding, brother. I was glad to see you walk through that church door. You've been hiding. You've been hiding, brother. Why? You ain't got no reason to hide. People love You got no reason to hide. People love you. Why do we hide? We get hurt. We hide. Amen. Are you going to hide your wounds and lick them by yourself? We all get hurt. Who in here hasn't been hurt by by people? Anybody? How many of you had not been hurt at Grace Fellowship Christian Church? Anybody? How many people has Jared Jenkins probably hurt your feelings? All of us? (laughs) Amen. I hurt my own feelings. (laughs) Amen. I'm being serious. But what are we going to do? Keep being the man? Be the man, you go right to hell. I said, keep being the man, you'll go right to hell. I promise you. You keep being the man. If I be the man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're going to die and go to hell. And you're going to look pretty doing it. But we're all going to come before Jesus Christ. We're all going to stand before him. And I promise you, no matter what that woman looked like, she walked away forgiven and free. But I'm telling you, that man walked away bound. That man thought that he was free. That man thought he was free. Oh, but he was truly bound. I'm telling you, some of you going to walk out of this service this morning, and I'm telling you, you're going to think that you're leaving free. Whoo! I made it out of that service. Oh, I made it out of there. He didn't call me out. He didn't come to me. Oh, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost ain't going to miss nobody. I said, the Holy Ghost ain't going to miss nobody. If it was up to me, I'd have preached out of the book of Genesis. I didn't want to preach this message. I don't even know how to preach it, but I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost of God knows that some men hiding in this house this morning. Some of you men's playing games. Some of you women's playing games. You're the man. It's time you quit being the man because Jesus is writing in the sand this morning. He said, I wonder where the man is. I wonder where the man is. I'm not being mean saying that you're going to die and go to hell. Hell ain't for you. Hell ain't for me. The Bible said hell was for the angels that came down with Satan. Amen. Hell's not for you. But I'm telling you, keep prettying things up and act like everything's all right. Hiding behind your 401K and your bank accounts. None of that matters. What if the rapture takes place tonight? Everything you had, everything you had could have been invested in the kingdom of God. You'd have had more crowns laid down at the feet of Jesus. Amen. I'm not after your money. God's always took care of this place. But I'm telling you, our perception has to change. We hide behind things, and we're really the man. And we're hiding behind everything. And God said, I just want you to be bare before me. Are we truly afraid to just be here? Why? You don't want people to know the real you. You want people to know what you've been doing? That's right. None of us do. None of us really want others to know what we're really doing. <laughs> we're shamed. Oh, but there's such freedom right here. Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? It was hiding behind a tree covered themselves in fig leaves oh what a miserable life what a miserable life don't you know fig leaves die and dry up and then you got to go get some more (laughs) you got to go get some more and you got to go get some more to keep trying to cover things up in your life are you just tired of that life to constantly over and over and over I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over I'm tired of hiding from my family over and over and over Are you tired of hiding your phone when your wife comes by and picks it up, man? Whoop. I know you're just looking at that. Do you need my, you really don't need my passcode to that, do you? Are your wives, whenever your husband has a wonder about maybe who you're working with at work? Ah, I wish you'd quit. There's a little bit of that man in all of us. But we don't want to talk about the man because there's a secret side to our salvation that nobody wants exposed. But are we going to see true revival until he is? Are we going to see true revival until everything is laid out on the table? Because what is hidden you can't repent of. What is hidden you can't repent of As far as I know and from what I read in the story, I don't see where the man ever repented. You know why? Because religion can't repent. Only a relationship with Christ. I said religion can't repent because only if you're in relationship with Jesus can you repent. There's so many hidden things in our walk with God that God desires to truly free us from. I want to know how the man got away. I want to know how so many people are getting away with stuff. I'm thankful for the work of the Holy Ghost in my life. I'm thankful that He. some people say, man, I wouldn't have to confess that. Well, I'm glad I do. I said, I'm glad I do. I'm glad the Holy Ghost don't let us get away with things. You have to confess these things. Why? Because God loves me and I love him. And there's a work in my life. And I'm afraid that if his spirit would just let go and not move upon me anymore. Does anybody fear those things? I've got to get it out. What did David say in Psalm 51? Take not that Holy Spirit from me. What is he saying? Oh, God, I got to repent of this sin in my life, this wickedness in my life, because, God, I don't want you to take your spirit away from me, because if it ever goes, then I'm done. If it ever goes, then I'm going to be the man. And I don't want to be the man. David was saying, I'm tired of being the man. I'm tired of being the man. Church, hear me this morning. Are you tired of being the man? I know I am. We're taught to hit. It's our nature. We withdraw to hide ourselves, to draw back, to thicken and to harden. It is our nature when we get hurt to pull back. And when you pull back, your heart begins to get hard. People say you don't have to be in church. That's a lie straight from hell. Don't come to me and talk to me about that lie. I ain't got time for it. You know why you don't want to come? Because you like being the man. There ain't but one other reason. That's why you like being the man. You can hide out, and you can justify it all day long. But I'm telling you, it's sin. And if you're in love with Jesus, then you'll be involved with that body. I promise you, you can't be separated. You can't be. This is proof. Adam and Eve, they were in the presence of God, right relationship. They sinned, and what immediately happened, they hid. Sin causes us to hide. We hid ourselves. I hid myself, and he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree? Whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat. And the man said to the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave, it to the, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. If you look at the story of Jonah, the Bible says that Jonah fled from the presence of God. Jonah didn't flee from the call of God. Jonah fled from the presence of God. Why? Because Jonah knew that in the presence of God, what was going to happen? God was going to keep telling him the same thing. Go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. Well, guess what? He got tired of being in the presence of God because God didn't change his mind. God's not going to change his mind about your life. (laughs) what God said to begin with is what God's going to say the second time the third time, the fourth time and the fifth time, I don't care if you want to keep being the man, keep being the man but whenever you get ready to be the woman and get exposed, guess what God's going to say "I hey, finally got you before me where I wanted you to be the whole time and I promise you the call is going to be the same, his love is going to be the same, his mercy is going to be the same his grace is going to be the same I'm telling you he's the same God and he changes not, he's the same yesterday today and forever and when God got a hold of Jonah it was the same call go to Nineveh and preach but Jonah fled the presence of God we're good at playing religion we're good at just dealing with fig leaves listen to this and the whole time while judging those that are bare before us many of you have fig leaves on you today and you're steady judging me right now Some of you don't like what I'm saying whatsoever. You with all your fig leaves on. Ain't that right? We judge churches with the presence of God. We judge churches where the gifts operate in the Holy Ghost. I wonder why that is. Because when I'm the man, the Holy Ghost speaks through tongues and interpretations or through prophecies or through people. Or through the body or through the pastor, where the Spirit of God is active and operating. Whenever I'm the man, I get called out. Amen? And so we begin to judge those things. I can tell you the Holy Ghost will expose fig leaves. But is he just trying to expose it to expose it in a mean way? No, he's saying there's a sacrifice, <laughs> there's a covering that I desire to wash you in. Amen? But we're good at playing religion, we're good at playing religion. Amen. John chapter 8, turn back there with me. They set her in the midst. And they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery, the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and he said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. I believe this morning in this house, Jesus has lifted himself up. He's lifted himself up. And I believe that Jesus is looking across every one of your lives and said, are you tired of being the man? Are you tired of hiding? Are you tired of playing games with God? Are you tired? Miss Tammy, will you come here this morning? You ever been hurt by religious people? Just sit right there. What would religious people do? And here's what we do a lot. We have stones in our hands. Some of you's doing that this morning. You hurl accusations. Just imagine her bearing all of her shame and all of her guilt. And I'm sure it just wasn't some little quiet little stone throw. Look at this woman! Don't you know her shame? Don't you know what we call her doing? Just look at her. Just look at her. Just look at her. Come on, somebody help me. I know there's some men in here. I know there's some religious folks in here. Come on, throw a stone at her. Make you feel good. But yet that's the way we operate in church. That's what we do when we don't expose the side that nobody knows about. That's what we do when we keep being the man. We just keep on and we keep on. And the whole time the Lord said, but I want to change seats with you. (laughs) <laughs> but I want to change seats with you but you're too busy running away you had time to get up and put your clothes on while she's stripped down in her shame and her guilt and her sin and she's laid bare before all of you and Jesus said I just want to trade places with you but you're too busy hurling accusations and trying to hide and play games in your little religion and you wouldn't dare call yourself religious though You wouldn't dare want to talk about the things that you're doing in the secret place. And I'm not talking about God's secret place. I'm talking about when nobody else is around but you and God. I'm talking about the secret side of salvation. Oh, yeah, you're saved on Sundays, but what about Mondays? You're saved on Wednesday night, but what do you do when you get home? What about Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays? Oh, we're going to make up for it on Sunday, but when I get back, I'm not there going to tell you what I did. I'm just going to throw stones at everybody else that is dealing with stuff. I'm going to just throw stones at everything that preacher says because he's dealing with places that I don't want to deal with. And so guess what? But we're not going to talk about the porn that I've been addicted to. We're not going to talk about the gambling I've been addicted to. We're not going to talk about the sexual sin and the things that I've been talking to somebody. I'm just going to come to church, and I'm just going to hurl. They sing too long. They preach too loud. They let the gifts operate too much. And the whole time, you're just casting stones. I'm telling you, you're just walking in religion and you're hiding the whole time, and you're playing games with God. I'm telling you, if there's going to be a revival, then it's time that the man would get bare and get real and get put in the middle so that Jesus Christ of Nazareth can expose man's wickedness, man's religion, and man's sin so that Jesus might get along again with the church. You know why Jesus is present, sitting on in the church, we're too busy doing this. We're ashamed and afraid to be here because you really don't want people to know who you really are. You've been abused. You've been abandoned. You've been shaken. You've been demon-possessed. You've been adopted. You've been raped. You've aborted babies. We don't want nobody to know that stuff, do we? I've been addicted to pornography, and I can't stop. I can't shake it. I'm addicted to my job, I'm addicted to money and I can't stop it but it's ruined every relationship in my life. I don't want to talk about these things. It's a whole lot easier to talk about that pastor. It's a whole lot easier to talk about somebody else. it. It's a whole lot easier to drag other people's stuff out in the open. Just get the attention off of you. But there's going to come a day that every man, every woman, every child it's going to stand before Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you're going to give an account. Every one of us under the sound of my voice today, and as far as I read in John chapter 8, I'd never see where the man stood before Jesus. i never see anything. And I know that Jesus' heart was drawn to that man. It had to be. It had to be. I don't know what he wrote. It don't say where he wrote, but I just wonder if he wrote, where's the man? where's the man at because adultery takes two adultery takes two can I tell you adultery takes two where's the man where's the man where are you really at today are you hiding from the presence of God are you hiding are you playing games with God is somebody else taking the pressure and the heat off of you so that you really don't have to deal with you is your little porn that good to you That you don't want free from it? All the little stuff that we, the Holy Ghost dealt with Wednesday night? Did you really let go of everything if you were here? Or did you hold on to some? That one thing, ah, that one thing, the rich young ruler, that one thing he had. He just wasn't ready to let go of that. Nobody knew about that, did they? No, it was kind of one of those things behind your back that nobody saw until you turned around. When you turn around, everybody sees it. You see, the Bible says he walked away sorrowful. And so there's a lot of things that we're willing to give up everything so that everybody can see. But what about the one thing that we hold behind our back? That's the one thing that Jesus is after. You ever felt like that woman before? Religion. Religion. kills this woman. Religion kills people in churches. That are vulnerable and real. Religion will tell you to pretty the thing up. Don't you ever expose what's really going on in your life. Religion will say dress it up and run away. So that nobody knows what's really going on. Religion would say don't you dare confess that to anybody. Well let me tell you the only way that I found to get freedom. Is by confession of our sin. One with another so that you may be healed. That's the only thing that I found. Jesse Brown, you got a call of God upon your life. How long are you gonna hide? There's a call of God on your life, and it hadn't changed. But it's in the presence of God that the same thing God said many years ago is gonna continually come back to what it's always been. What it's always been is the same thing. And always be the same thing. It's not gonna change. Those things aren't gonna change. The call of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever God's love is the same yesterday, today, and forever how long are we going to keep being the man church do we truly want revival do we truly want revival you know my picture of revival ain't a lot of pretty folks dressed up, looking right revival's messy (laughs) you know ministry's messy You know that? Ministry's messy. There's going to be a mess everywhere. Stuff everywhere. Can I tell you, the birthing room is messy. It's not always beautiful. It's not always beautiful, but if new life is going to come forth, it's going to be messy. It's going to be painful, but isn't it so worth it? Isn't it so worth it? So Jesus is standing before this woman, and it's just them two now. Because guess what? Everybody had to drop their stones. Could you imagine the stones that were laid there? I wonder if there was enough stones to build an altar. Can I tell you, God takes religious people's rocks and he builds an altar with them. I'm going to tell you what my God is going to do in this hour. I see him doing it. I received a message yesterday of him doing it, of words that he spoke here three weeks ago. Homosexuals coming out of sin, coming out of bondages. And I said, you need to go listen to our worship service from three weeks ago. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, men that were married getting divorced. That's what the Holy Ghost does. Can I tell you I believe religious people has mocked that and looked at that, but can I tell you there's gonna be a lot of stones where there's fixing to be an altar built. (laughs) You talk about revival, you ain't seen nothing yet. Let me tell you this last hour revival's gonna stink. It's going to smell like hogs. It's going to smell like pig pens. It's going to smell like alcoholics. It's going to look like prostitutes. Oh, they're going to walk in and your religion is going to say, I can't believe they wore that to church. Well, I just thank God they got to church. Amen. Amen. I said, I thank God they got to church. I wonder how many of us would have judged this woman as she sat before Jesus in the middle of everybody. She didn't have a stitch of clothes on. I wonder if that religious nut raped her. I wonder if he took advantage of her and had his way with her and abused her and abducted her. I wonder if, but nobody would ever know that part of it, would they? Oh, no, no, no. I wonder if it was a setup from the beginning. I wonder if all the religious Pharisees had all that planned out, sister, because isn't that the way that the devil works? Isn't that the way that religion works? It'll scheme and try to set people up. They were trying to set Jesus up. Why wouldn't they try to set her up to try to get her stoned and expose Jesus, too, in the same time? Let me tell you, you better have a a mind with discernment. You better have wisdom, and you better know that religious people want to set you up and they're trying, and they're looking, and they're watching. Just like that person called me about this family. He said, my God. He said, I seen that family in the altar. I knew that God was real. I said, you better believe it. You better believe that he's real. I'm telling you, you were this family that was just like this woman. I'm telling you, people's taking notice, and stones are being dropped. People's made judgments of the church of Jesus in this hour. Why? It don't look like religion looks like. Religion can't form this, can't fashion this, and guess what? It can't control this. <laughs> Amen. But i tell you what will happen. Here's what I see, Sister Tammy. Stones have been thrown at you. Drop. So I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to be very careful. You hear me. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Hear me. It's not going to look like you think. It's not going to work like you work. And it ain't going to look like your grandparents did it. (laughs) It ain't going to look like your daddy did it. It ain't going to look like your mama did it. No. The man is gone. The wine skid is changing. The wine skin's being formed, and there's new wine being poured in a vessel. So it's not going to be what you've always thought church to be. It's not going to be religious. Some people's going to be just drug in, just like this. What will you do? What will you do? What will we do? Kicking and screaming. I wonder what kind of noise this woman was making. Don't expose me. Don't shame me. I don't want to be hurt anymore. I've been hurt enough in my life. I don't want to be hurt in front of Jesus. Can I tell you anything I would ever say or anybody in this church that holds this microphone would never try to offend you on purpose? Would never condemn anything. So don't you dare take it as that way. Because Jesus has not come to condemn. I didn't know this brother from nothing. But I knew it was the Holy Ghost. But I would never want to hurt you. Never want to hurt you. But the Holy Ghost wants to give liberty and freedom. Michael and Jesse would never hurt you. But I'm telling you God is drawing a line in the sand. Where's the man? Where's the man? Where's the man? Where's that side of your salvation that you've kept in the secret? Some of you have testimonies that you're afraid to share. You know why you don't have any authority and power in your life? Because you won't tell people where the overcoming power of the blood came to you. You keep it in secret. Then people like me, I share it all the time. Guess what? People laugh at that. People laugh at me. I'm sorry you've never been here. Keep shaming me. Because that's where it all started for Jerry Jenkins. I was exposed. I was naked. Full of shame. Murder. An addict. I abandoned people. I was a thief. I stole from my family. I was all of that. Don't you dare laugh at me. When you laugh at me, you laugh at him. Amen. When you laugh at this woman, you're not laughing at her. You're touching Jesus. Amen. I wonder why some of you won't really share where you came from. I wonder why. Why won't you share? Because there was overcoming power for this woman here. There was overcoming power in this moment. She had to be belittled. She had to be beat down, shamed. And in this moment, the resurrection power of Christ. Can I tell you there's some people still in sin and may go to hell if you don't share where God delivered you from with them? What if God saved you for one person and you were unwilling to share with that one? What if? What if? Because I I didn't want to sit here. It's not always easy to sit here. But I promise you, you can't sit here without Jesus sitting with you. I could just see Jesus saying, I finally got her right where I wanted her. Where there's nobody else but me and her. Nobody else but me and her. It's just us two. We're here. I'm finally here. Would y'all stand with me, whoever's going to play? Verse 7, so when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and he said to them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. I'm sure he said, where's the man? And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto... Ah, Can I tell you, they had to be good people that even their own conscience convicted them. They were good people. I said they're good people. Good people even can condemn this woman. And you have all right from you being good and you say, my conscience is clear. Well, they were convicted by their conscience. It says nothing about conviction from Jesus. They were convicted by their own conscience. Can I tell you, good people have good moral convictions. Good moral convictions. We knew we're in the presence of Jesus. And so morally, they knew by their own conscience, they were pricked. And so they dropped the stone. But they walked away. I believe with every fiber of my being, they could have dropped their stone and repented to Jesus and this woman. They could have said, I'm sorry for doing this. I'm sorry for shaming you. I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But sister, I believe this. I believe people's touched your life that are going to repent, come and say, I'm sorry. Let me tell you, the bread of life always shows up and gets in the middle. The bread of life will always show up and get in the middle of everything. He'll always make himself real. The bread of life got in the middle right here. This Jesus And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin No more. This morning, this morning, Jesus desires for you and I to go and sin no more. He desires, and can I tell you, you can do that. When that spirit man is right with God, does that mean your soul is not going to be pulled and swayed? Yeah, you're going to be pulled and swayed. But there's a perfection in Christ. There's a sinless life in the spirit. That soul man. That soul man is going to give in. It's going to fall short. That flesh is going to give in. But there's a life of perfection, striving for perfection. Amen. That you can know, that you can know, I'm tired of being that man. What is a perfect life? What I see as a perfect life As David. He made mistakes, but he repented. I fall down seven times. I fall down, but I get up seven. Amen. Every time I fall, I keep getting back up. Amen. I believe that's a perfect life. There's something within me that won't let me stay down and I keep getting up and I keep getting up and I believe this woman, when she rose up, she said, go and sin no more. Don't live in shame. Don't live in guilt. But I know when this woman came to this place, she was kicking and screaming. Don't embarrass me. Let me put some clothes on. Let me cover myself up. And I could just hear those religious people, no, no. We're going to make sure you're exposed just like we found you. Church, this morning, are you tired of hiding? Are you tired of hiding? Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you could say, Pastor Jared, I'm tired of hiding. I want you just to lift up your hands. I'm tired of being the man. Just in all honesty, I'm just tired of hiding. I'm tired of playing games. Just lift up your hand wherever you are. I'm just ready to make things right with God. I'm going to ask a very personal question. Every head head bowed and eyes closed. I want you to be honest with me. Many things came out Wednesday night. But if you're here this morning and there's hidden things in your life that you know is hindering the work of the Lord in your life, I just want you to slip up your hand. You know there's hidden things in your life that's hindering the work of the Lord. You want them out. Several hands that were raised. If you had your hands raised, I just want to invite you to this altar this morning. You don't have to hide anymore. I believe as you step, I believe the grace of God is going to meet you. I believe that. God's going to begin to loose people's lives. You're willing, you can just come to this altar and you can just expose it to the Lord. Just lay it down at His feet this morning. If shame is holding you back from your past sins, come. Let the Lord break it off of you. If there's guilt, if there's strongholds, come and let the Lord break it off of you. Let the Lord have his way. Now these that came, there's many that are still standing. If you're ready to see revival in the church. And you're ready to say, Lord, I don't want to be one of the religious ones that would judge what God's about to do and what He is doing. I want you to come and stand behind these here. If you'll lay your hand on them. But you just say, Lord, let me, prepare me for people that's unprepared. And just start believing the Lord. For revival, I've heard testimonies recently where a drug addict had stole from a neighbor. And the neighbor was so forgiven, forgave them and led them to the Lord. And that is their testimony today. God's going to ask us to forgive some people that has hurt us. But what's bound on earth will be bound in heaven. What's loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And this morning, if you're here and you have unforgiveness in your heart, I want you to step out where you are right now. You have unforgiveness in your heart towards religious people. And you have unforgiveness in your heart towards people that have been the woman. And the woman, in her shame and in her sin, hurts you. But God's saying, forgive today. Thank you, Lord. Let's just worship Jesus all over this house this morning if we can. Thank you, Lord.